Kristen, welcome back. I am so excited to be back. Thank you for having me back, despite last episode's performance. <laughs> what were you talking about? Despite the last about? time you had me on the show. You were know. great. <laughs> you were know. great. I feel like I was a baby cheer podcaster the last time I was on, and now I'm sort of a toddler cheer podcaster, yeah, and no. you are the master. You're, you're full-on adolescent Full- right now. Like, you're just... <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Full on preteen. I don't think I realized, I mean, what a big deal you were last time. Not that I would have done anything differently, but like since then, I have learned so much from you and officially mm. an avid fan of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast and have learned like I get oh, questions yeah. from cheer moms and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and then I go to your podcast and I'm like, oh, now I can answer that question. <laughs> like I, I specifically look through your episodes and yeah. like there was one episode that you talked about raw score and explained it perfectly. And I was like, I'm going to use that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, you know, I like the dabble. And I have to hand it to you. I don't know if your listeners know this or not, but you guys, Jason like gets up early. I was going to cuss. He gets up (laughs) at the crack and does this podcast and then goes on to, I mean, like you were like, can we do 7 a.m.? And I'm like, dude, (laughs) do you know how long it takes to get these bags under my eyes? (laughs) <laughs> to disappear, it takes longer than 7 a.m. It takes me, I got to warm up. So he works hard, you guys, and and then goes and does a podcast and then goes and coaches and directs and does all of the things. Like, where do you get all of your energy, Jason? Thank you. <laughs> Life, let's go. You know, we're, we're here, we're healthy, you know, let's make the most out of it. So you only get so many hours in the day. I, you know, it's funny. I always tell this to coaches about planning your practice. One, like, one of my big things of talking about planning your practices. I say, you know, we all have the same amount of time between now and spirit sports or now in worlds or now in summit. Like we all have the same amount of time, you know, the big gyms, right? We'll shout out to athletics where you're at or you were, I guess, you know, cheer athletics doesn't get any extra time than we do in Bakersfield. World Cup doesn't get any extra time. So it's all about how you use the hours that you are given that separates the mediocre teams from the good teams from the great teams, you know, so you know, just trying to make the best out of my time and get things done. The other thing about waking up early is that it aligns me you know, we're on the West Coast, obviously, it aligns me more with the East Coast based because once we get, you know, if we wake up at nine o'clock, they're already at lunch, you know, it's noon over there. So if I wake up earlier, I, I'm more aligned with what they're doing over there. And I can, you know, well, I don't know how you do it. Book a guest, maybe. <laughs> right. So anyway, thanks for coming on again. Thanks for the very kind words. Great having you on again. You know, you're doing a great, you know, how, how's your pod going? How's it going? It's amazing because I think the last time we talked was like right before the Cheer Mom podcast launched and right before, right after. And I'm just floored at how engaged people are and so honored and humbled at my listeners and how supportive they are. I mean, it's just awesome. The cheer community gets a bad rap for a lot of things, but it sure is a tight knit community. And the guests that we've had on have just been so gracious and willing to teach and share so much information. It's been so much fun. Yeah. And we were on the um, Twisted Cuts 
together. Episode, I not episode. Know. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the eight count track. So that oh was cool. Oh my gosh! Yeah, dream come true. He, he reached out to me with his idea, and I was like, "Oh, it's cool." Little little voiceover action or whatever. So I thought that was pretty cool. So if you haven't heard the Twisted Cuts eight count track, check it out because it features the both of us, and um, you know we're making it happen. We're big time now. So much fun. <laughs> I've been bugging Alex for a long time about letting me do a voiceover, and he finally made it happen, and I'm just tickled to death. <laughs> Yeah, that is my uh, third appearance. I think it might be my third appearance on a, not eight, but just music in general. I did, my buddy Casey does all of our music, Sounds Like That. Shout out to Sounds Like That. But he does all of our music, and I did a voiceover for my college team one of the I like literally wrote this rap and was like this is it and he let me actually like voice you know I went over to his house while he mixed it so I'm like there and like watching the whole process I didn't watch the whole process you know it's a long time but you know I was there part of the process and then he let me like rap this one part and he kept trying to get me to emphasize like certain words different ways and I was just like I'm, I'm trying man <laughs> so I did that yeah I did this one oh Casey this is another thing Sounds like that had a booth at um, Varsity U one year, and they let coaches do like an eight. He had so he had an eight count track that was already ready to go, and he would let you rap on it. Yeah, oh, and then yeah, he'd yeah, put I your eight, he'd let yes. coaches do a two eight count rap, and then he put that at the beginning of your track. So here we go now with Alex Twisted Cuts third one down. So I'm also a master at at voiceovers. Yeah, you're a pro because you're in my regular podcast rotation and I I usually listen on Spotify so it just jumps from one show to the next and mm-hmm. so after like my daily news episode it comes on with do you want to make a podcast? <laughs> Jason Larkins with his cheer. Do you want to be a podcaster? You're like so energetic. Your voice, just in your voice is just, you have so much energy. And I'm like, this is a cheer voice. Thank you. I hate that they play that one first. Yeah. Podcast. Spotify is like, play that one first. Get that ad money in. Play that this one is the first. Last I hate that they podcast. play that one first. Man, I don't choose uh, when those ads play. Yeah, love just it though. Play them, so. It gets me pumped up. Yeah, man. And every, you know, I don't listen to the podcast that often. So every so often I'll listen to it and that comes on. I'm like, are you kidding me? I should listen to the show. No one wants to I'm hear own. their own voice. Yeah. No one likes hearing their own voice. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't want to hear my own voice read an ad. For real. <laughs> uh, speaking of ads, no. Speaking of ads, if you want to make a podcast, <laughs> I'm going to play that Spotify ad for right podcasters. There. Yeah, I'm playing it right there. <laughs> Anyway, glad to see that the pod for you is doing well. Um, you are no, I'm not. Never mind. No, I can't no, put myself you can on say block. it. I was you can going say to, it. But no, <laughs> you're so much better than me. You, no, you post on not. your story. I was just telling someone. Well, in the, I'll tell you in this aspect, you definitely are. We were. I was just. I just got done telling my friends, one of the other coaches in our gym, about just the crazy DMs we get. I was like, man, we get these crazy DMs, and yeah. you know, it's just insane. I can't respond to everybody. And then I went on your story, and you're like, I respond to everybody. Oh, <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> It's getting, oh, you're, it's getting you're like out apologize. of hand now. Like, well, yeah. I try, so. but it's – I'm like, oh, this is the most influencer thing I've ever said. But listen, guys, I get so many, and it's getting to be so much. And if I miss you, I'm so sorry. It's not that you're not important to me, but yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good problem to have, but I wish that I could just be in DMs all day and respond to people, yeah. but, you know, life is life. You know, I was actually scared you weren't going to respond to me. Like, not that you weren't going to respond, but that you just wouldn't see it because I, I didn't have your number at the time. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> I was like, I could email her or I can I could just shoot my shot in the DMs and like, hey, you available? 
<laughs> I was like, oh, she got back to me. Cool. Awesome. Sure. Yeah. So, you know. Let's talk cheer podcasts. Podcast pops up in your DMs. You got to Yeah. You got to jump on that. I get a blue check mark. That way, you know. Oh my gosh, really I've been trying it. for the blue check mark. Don't even get me started. I'm not paying for it, but Instagram won't yeah, give right. it to me. Just don't even let's not even talk about Come that. On. I'm very triggered. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see if I ever – if I get to – I'm not sh- sure if there's a number. I don't know. Maybe if I got to 100,000 followers, I'd get a blue check mark. I was going to say Ooh. 50, but – You, like, pay for it or you would apply for yeah, it? Yeah, I would – no, I'd pay for it, I guess. But I don't know. I don't know but everyone knows. Let's like, is, Are there other imitators out there? People trying to imitate me? No. Like, oh, this is, Knock on wood, this is the real not. Let's Talk yeah. Cheer podcast. But, you know, yeah. cheer mom imitators, y'all look out. I'll come out with my blue check mark. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's go. Who knows? I might do it. I'm, I'm probably not going to do we've it. Gotten into, we'll, we'll we've gotten out, away so. from cheer to influencer Instagram conversation. You know. <laughs> let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. <laughs> who, who, in the comments, right? If I should get a blue check yeah. mark or not. Fund, fund Jason's <laughs> blue check mark. I'll make sure that's, the, what do we call it? The poll on Spotify. That'll be the question of the week. All right, here we go. Kristen. We'll start a is, yeah, right? I need the 15. What is it? Ten dollars a month. It's like something super cheap. Not even ten dollars a month. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm not paying for it. (laughs) Come on, not paying for it. Sticking it to the man. (laughs) Zuck's got enough money. Yeah, Zuck's got enough money. He'll 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 be all right. All right. All right. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Let's get to it. So we got what's popping with the parents. Our first segment of the day. So Kristen, what do the parents want to know? What are the conversations like? What can we uh, help clear up for them, or you know, talk about today? Right now, we're in kind of the last part of the summer, right before school starts. And for most people, I well, first of all, I know that some gyms are still doing evaluations and they're not even announcing their teams until like August. And that blows my mind. I'm like, how do you wait that long? But most teams are doing choreography or getting ready to do choreography. And it's still that new phase of a team. And so parents are asking a lot about good team bondings and ways to get the team together to get them to gel for the upcoming competition season. So those are kind of the big things. I know choreography is a big topic and feelings can get hurt and it's kind of a stressful, it's another like benchmark of a stressful time. You have tryouts and evaluations and then it's sort of like choreography and then, you know, competition season is a whole other conversation, but choreography can be a tough time for parents. Yeah. It's a tough time for everyone, really. Parents, athletes, coaches, because so much hinges. There's a couple benchmarks. Like you said, you use the word benchmark. But there's a few benchmarks in the season that really determine the outcome of your season. First benchmark is evaluations, but more specifically team placements. You can only, there's a really good quote I like that says, if you're going to win the Kentucky Derby, you better have some thoroughbreds. And it just basically means like, if you're going to have a great season, you need to have a talented roster. Like you need to have talent on your team and able to compete. So, you know, coaches are in this stressful position of trying to place teams that have talent on them, right? And athletes want to be on a talented team, but they don't really consider, don't really take in consideration how much talent they bring to the team. Like, well, I want my teammates to be talented, even if I'm not the most talented. Like, I'll just be the worst person on the team. That's okay, right? And so that's one of the benchmarks, team placements right there. The next benchmark really is choreography, right? Because you have to have a good competitive routine and you need 
you need to be able to highlight your strengths and hide your weaknesses. And so there's another like time of the season where yeah. it like really determines how the rest of your season is going to go. Cause if you don't have the right choreography, you just can't compete in some instance, some instances. So, and a lot of kids go into choreography with expectations and I'll say like high expectations. Like we all want to be, and I remember what's like being on a team and, you know, you go in and I want to be center stunt and I want to be point jumps and I want to be last pass, or I want to be in this particular particular pass and you're you know you just have all these expectations of what or I want to be center of the dance I remember this specifically we would be or we went to camp at Woodward so we would do Woodward extreme you know gymnastics skateboarding that whole camp we would rent the the gym for a week and basically do choreography there bring a whole program up there and do it and so we had got done with pyramid we did our pyramid choreography and the groups you know had moved around all these things and then they they ended right the the pyramid was done and I remember several groups girls being so upset with where their pyramid spot had ended and their pyramid spot had ended on the outside. I'm like, what is, you know, we have a great pyramid. Why are you girls so upset that your, your group ended on the outside of the pyramid or whatever? And then someone was like, because if we're on the outside of the pyramid, that means we're not going to be the center of the dance. I'm like, ah, I see what you're actually, you're mad that you're not going to be center of the dance, right? And so, you know, athletes want to be center or front row of the dance and all these things, or they want to have this path or this stunting or whatever the case may be. And expectation is the uh, thief of all joy, right? So when we go in with high expectations, when those expectations aren't met, we are super upset. So I have one story to tell about what I tell our athletes, but really like from our parents' perspective, feel free to chime in about what this time of the season is like as a parent. Well, I think that, you know, you might hear me say, you ask what's popping with the parents and I'm like choreography. And I think a lot of people would be thinking, well, what does choreography have anything to do with the parents, right? It's the athletes. And we both talk a lot on our shows about parents need to just let the coaches be coaches and let the athletes be athletes and kind of back off. And and I agree with that. But I think when it comes to choreography, like you said, there is a lot of expectation and hope. And when you have expectation, it's so much easier to get disappointed. But I think what it comes down to is we moms don't want to see our kids be sad. We don't want to see our kids disappointment and disappointment when compounded with nerves and being tired and the emotional and physical effort that goes into cheer looks like devastation a lot of times. And when you work so hard, maybe you finally, maybe your kid finally made the team that they've always wanted to make and then they aren't in the elites or they aren't, their skills are not showcased in the way that you or they would have thought they would. It just brings in this element of what was all of this work for and how I think I I see and hear a parent saying, I know that she has this skill. Like I'm not saying that my kid is the best at everything or is the top notch athlete. But for example, I know that her jumps are really good and she got put in the back of the jumps. And that's hard. Hard, I think for parents to grapple with. So that actually happened to my athlete one year. And I knew that she had some of the best jumps in the gym, not because I came to that conclusion on my own, but because people had told me, her coaches had told me, other parents had told me that her jumps were really good. And she was disappointed because she got put in the back of the jumps. And so I'm thinking, okay, well, what do I do with this? And I just kind of let it sit for a couple of months and ended up having a conversation with her coach about something totally different. And I said, hey, like just this is a good way to kind of grapple 
example with this is just for my own edification. Like I'm not saying like, oh, why did this Mm -hmm. happen? It's like, hey, just so I have the big picture, she's in the back of the jumps. You've told me her jumps are really good. Can you explain? And I think when you open that conversation up, you get more information because you're not automatically putting the coach on the defense. Like, why didn't you put her in last pass? Why didn't you put her in the front of the jump? Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh yeah, I can explain that. It's because she's one of the tallest on the team. And then, and so it was a height thing. And then it was a getting to the next sequence after the jump, she had to be in the back to get to the next transition, right? And the other thing I would say is that, gosh, when parents, I mean, I've had parents calling me devastated that their flyer was not in the elites or their tumbler was not in this certain specialty pass or whatever it is. And I always say it is July. It is August. You never know what could happen. And these routines are changing all of the time. Why are we upset that it wasn't choreographed this way when we well know that the routine on August 1st is not going to be the same exact routine on September, October, even January 1st. The routine on March 15th is not going to be the same routine on April 30th, Mm -hmm. right? Like your kid could be in back of jumps today and tip of jumps tomorrow, right? So that's what I would say to parents. Yep, 100%. And, you know, there's so much that goes into, like you said, we had one year, with one year as our senior four team, and we had a bunch of returners on the team, and they were really, really good ton of returners all the groups were stacked and we are medium at the time so we have seven stunt groups and i remember we're trying to put together it's during stunt choreography and we're trying to put together the elite sequence and we're like well this girl is really good at the full up and this you know this stunt group is really good at the tiktoks and this group's really good at the full up you know full up tiktok whatever and and we're like trying to so we're saying hey what if we did this thing where we highlighted all of the the strengths of each flyer and each stunt group like you know this kid is going to be point for this done and we're going to do a formation change and this kid's going to be point for this done and we're doing another formation change and this kid's going to be this you know point for this done or whatever right and it's like that's a great idea let's do it let's be able to highlight all of these returners and as we're going through you know we're come up with different formations and okay now this kid's going to be here this kid's going to be here in the time as we were putting it together i was really excited that we were able to showcase these different athletes who had worked hard and all their different skills as i got home and like kind of watched it like as a from like a judge's person like what does this actually look like in the routine i'm kind of underwhelmed with the choreography i'm like oh this really isn't that good and our choreographer went back to i can't remember if he was staying with us some some years he stays with us and some years he stays at a hotel i can't remember this one the years he was staying with us or staying in a hotel but i remember him saying the same thing right yeah i'm kind of you know i look back at it it just i'm underwhelmed with the way the choreo came out and we both agreed yeah we're doing way too much of just trying to highlight all these different like we're trying to we're trying to make everyone happy and you know we all know the saying you know the quickest way to make no one happy is to make everyone happy you know or to try to make everyone happy right and so we went back we scrapped it started over and you know decided to put together an elite sequence that would just highlight the team strengths in general you know we're trying to highlight everyone and so you know as we go into choreography i think the one thing that you had to hammer down in your culture as a gym Coaches and owners, as choreography ends and comp season is around the corner, running your first full out is coming up soon. And if you're like most coaches, you just hit play and pray. But luckily for you, I have a preparing for full outs system, a step-by-step, week-by-week system that will get your team ready to start throwing full out routines. Join me September 23rd and set your team up for success 
heading into the comp season. Link in the show notes to sign up today. That you have to hammer down in your culture as a gym, we've got to put the we over the me. It's one thing we, we try to talk about in our gym, but we've got to put team first because when we don't put team first, individuals have expectations. And if they only care about their personal success, then what it takes to be successful as a team is never going to get there. The team, individual athletes really have to put team success first. And so I always tell this story to the athletes is back when I was cheering and I, you know, me, I just wanted to win. That is a hundred percent what I wanted to do. I just wanted to win and go compete at a high level and, you know, win as many NCA, UCA, whatever trophies as we could. I also had an ego and I wanted to think, you know, I had my own personal goals too as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just wanted to win. And I remember this back when I was in college, we have five couples, right? Co-ed team. We have five couples and the fifth couple is not looking too strong. And our coach is dropping not so subtle hints that he better get it together or another couple is going in that spot. Now, I originally was not one of the five couples, but I was probably the sixth couple, right? Like next in line. And so me and my partner are, you know, like, hey, he's going to take, well, I'll I'll use her name. That'll be all right. Tim Tim and Misty aren't looking so hot right now. So me and Yvette are trying to figure out this elite stunt. And so we're going, we're working at it and we're doing okay. You know, we're, we're doing okay. Okay, right? And I'm thinking we have a real solid chance. I remember driving in the car on my way to practice and like just saying, Man, I could do I could do this stunt. Like I could do this, right? My roommate laughs at me. <laughs> anyway, but I'm like, dude, I could do this. So eventually, now I have a really good flyer. Yvette was awesome. Yvette was the best flyer it had up until that point. She was a really, really talented. And we're going, we're going, we're trying, but we're still not super consistent. It's very obvious he's gonna take Tim and Misty out. Me and Yvette are hitting, but it's like not super, super consistent. And then now I will say this, Tim was a far better stunter than I was. He was incredible. He was probably one of the best stunters I ever cheered with in my life. He was incredible. He went on to win several partner stunt titles. He was just phenomenal. We'll say Misty wasn't quite the same level of flyer that he was as a base, but he was just incredible. And I remember our coach, eventually was like, well, you know, Jason's not as consistent as we need him to be. You know, Tim and Misty, this isn't working. I remember he goes, hey, Tim, try it with Yvette. I've already said Yvette was incredible. Tim was incredible. And he goes, Tim, Misty, or or, sorry, Tim and Yvette go. And it's just like, ding, (laughs) ding. It, It was obvious to everyone. Oh, Tim and Misty or Tim and Yvette need to be in the elite. And he calls me and um misty over and he goes guys you know give us the whole coach speech like hey guys you know you guys have worked hard blah 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 you know the whole thing and i didn't hear a word yeah well i remember (laughs) both of us just go i remember in unison we both go whatever's best for the team coach now i a hundred percent meant that i really did it was very clear that it was better for the team to have tim in that stunt with yvette now air did it hurt my feelings a hundred percent yeah i have tears welling up in my eyes as he's saying this right because it hurt because i put in a lot of work and i really wanted the opportunity to do that stunt or, you know, to compete at nationals with that stunt. But at the end of the day, I a hundred percent know that Tim and Yvette was the right decision to be in that elite, that elite sequence. Now I could have thrown a fit and been pissy and mad or whatever, but that would have brought the team down and me 
what I wanted to do. Like, so I get this is a question that athletes, parents, coaches, whoever have to ask themselves. Like, what is more important? Is it more important that I get this one specific thing, or is it better for us to elevate the team, even if that means that I have to take a step back? And so the teams that that have athletes who are willing to take a step back to elevate the team, those teams go on to be successful. And the teams that have athletes who aren't willing to take a step back or who want to whine and complain and make excuses, those teams don't have good chemistry, don't have good culture. They tear down, you know, the productivity of practice. They tear down the atmosphere and culture of practice, and they can't go on to be as successful as they want to be. And a team and a family will go on and be a bunch of individuals every day of the week. So there we go. One thing, the last, the last thing I'll say, unless we just keep talking is try not to go into, this is my advice, parents, athletes, try not to go into choreography with expectations, which is really hard to do. I understand that, but it, but I would try not to do that. Now I would do this. We have a great music producer, as I've said several times, Casey Marlowe sounds like that. And every year I would write out voiceovers, right? Hey, I really want this voiceover. And I'd hand them like 10 voiceovers I wanted in the routine. And, and I'd say, I want this song. There's like back in the day when we have like real music in the routine. I want this song for the elite sequence. I want this song for the pyramid. I want this song for the running tumbling section. I want this voiceover here. I want this. And I'd have a very detailed outline of what I wanted in our music. And I'd send it to him and he'd come through on on like 90% of everything I said. And because I had an expectation of him coming through on 100% of what I said, it would leave me disappointed. Right? I'd have one voiceover that I really, really love. And so I'm listening to the music and I'd go, oh, there's that first voiceover I, I heard. All right, there's that first voiceover I wrote. Oh, there's the second voiceover I wrote. Okay, okay, the other one's coming up because that one's gonna be fire. I, okay, it didn't happen yet. Oh, he put in his own voiceover. That's cool, whatever. All right, I like that, I guess. Oh, oh, there's the other one. Oh, and we get to the dance. I'm like, hey, he left over he left out that voiceover why why do you leave out that voiceover right and it would put this damper on on the music for me right but everyone else like when the kids listen to it the kids would be like oh this is great or the parents listen to oh this is great and so again expectation you know rob you know is a thief of all joy and so what i started doing is just going casey the music is yours i'm not giving you any suggestions i'm not giving you any voiceovers you make the music you send it back and my joy has gone up you know i was already happy with our music but really but i'm able to get the music he's able to do his thing do you know make the best decision for the music and then give it back to me and then i just get to enjoy it without having this expectation of like i want this you know, i need you to say these specific words for these six seconds and if you don't do it for those six seconds i'm gonna be you know you know pissed off or whatever about our music or whatever so anyway Kristen, anything else you want to add on to that I think that it can be easy to carry whatever baggage you had from earlier in the season or earlier in the tryout process into choreography. So, and and it goes back to a clip that you recently posted that I just loved and I'm paraphrasing, so correct me if if I don't say this right, but coaches are not planning their teams for what they want. They don't have predetermined teams. They take the athletes with the talent and the skills that they have and they build teams around that. And did I say that right? Yeah, spot on. So the other side of that coin is I hear parents complaining and I'm not calling out any one specific parent. I'd have to be so careful because people will DM me stuff and then I know people personally and they're like, you're talking about me. I'm like, no, this is like across the board. Generically speaking, there are parents who are genuinely 
genuinely upset and feel like coaches build teams around certain athletes and that there are favorite athletes that coaches will put in the center or that they build these teams around one or two athletes. And I think that based on the philosophy of you take the talent that you have and you build a team around that, that's true. If you have an athlete that can bring that team up, why, of course you would build a team mm -hmm. around a group of athletes' skills. And that's not to say that they are only favoring that athlete, but if that athlete has skills that's going to bring the team the, the score up, of course they're going to do that. And so I think it's important for parents to take a step back and look at that and say, okay, well, they're bringing this athlete in that maybe has a double or maybe has skills at the top of that level. Yeah, they're going to put them in more of the routine. And so let's not bring that baggage from, oh, well, they just built a team around this athlete and expect everybody to rise mm -hmm. to that athlete's skill. Let's leave that in the evaluation timeframe and let's look at choreography with fresh eyes and go, okay, what's going to be best for the team? What's going to help the team do the best on the score sheet? And if it's that athlete or those athletes that you think are the favorites, let's leave that out of it. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And it reminds me, like one thing that like it's hard with the routine is because you're trying to put together a cohesive routine that flows. And so the stunt section needs to flow into the running tumbling section. And you only have so many eight counts to do this in. So you need so the routines that and the formations, I'll say specifically, aren't really perfect formations the way if the coach just said, hey, who is your best jumper? Put that kid here and put your you know worst jumper in the back. Most routines aren't really designed that way because of you have to be able to get into that. It depends on where we're coming in from that section and then where we're going out next section, right? And so like one thing we'll do is, you know, free coaches tip right here is we'll like for jumps, for example, we'll go and we'll say, all right, all you kids do a jump and everyone will get a number. You're either a one, a two or a three, right? A one means you had great jumps. You can be in the front row. And a two means you had, you know, average jumps and you can be here. And a three means you're a back row jumper. Sometimes you get a four. That means you will not be in jumps at all, kid. But we tell the choreographer, hey, you know, and usually we'll have, you know, when we had Taco on the team. It was hands down. Taco was going to be point jumps. Like we're going to figure that out. But other than that, it was like, well, Taco's point and you can fill in any any one of the ones in this next row. And, you know, they look at the, the formation that we came from before that and go, okay, well, this kid's going to go here. This kid's going to go here. This kid's going to go here. Now that doesn't always, and sometimes because a one is way back there in their previous formation and a two is closer, you're like, well, the transition is going to be better if we put the two here. And so that happens all of the time in the routine. And it happens all the time in the routine when you're trying to put together a routine where you're trying to put together a routine and it has an impact on whether or not this kid can be in a tumbling pass or if they can be in this specific section or have this specific skill highlighted. Like all those things have an impact, not necessarily the the individual's actual skills, you know? So anyway... Now, there's another theory that the judges uh, know that you're going to put your best jumper in the front. So they're like, yeah, I know that you're going to all of the best jumpers in the front. So I'm going to look in the back. And so I, I know that some choreographers and coaches will put some of their better jumpers in the yeah. back because they know that the, that's where the judges are going to pay attention and look for technique dings. So that was all. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the like if you do a bowling pin, right? Outside V. So even the outside V. So it's like this argument of like, oh, should we put our best jumpers on the outside V? 
because they're on the outside of the jumps or put some of our better jumpers, not necessarily in the outside V, but like in the second row where they're still seen. So like what's a more visible spot? And personally, I'm I'm more of an outside V type of guy. I want to make sure my outside V looks good, but- So many different avenues, so much to think about. There is, there's a ton. I've never even thought about that. Yeah, there's Ugh. a ton to think about when you put- to, I had one judge- like he gave me a map. I'm not sharing it with anybody, but he gave me a map of where to put your best jumpers. And he was like, and it was like, this is a one, this is a two, yeah, not like the one, two, three system I used earlier, but he says, you know, if you lined up all 20 kids, he put exactly where all 20 kids would go. Like number your first, your best jumper goes here. Second best jumper goes here, your third. And he's, and this isn't just, I mean, some people are just judges by weekend. Like this is a judge judge. And he gave me the mess. So your boy got the secret. And got the inside. <laughs> anyway, got the inside. So don't DM me for the secrets. I don't see the DM. You know, DM Kristen. She's got all I the don't secrets have any too. Secrets. She'll I answer zero them. Zero secrets. But uh, <laughs> zero. Got, People don't talk to me. No, no. <laughs> I've expanded my cheer athletics network. Uh, just you know, from what I do. And now people do, don't even tell me things. They're like, no, I'm not telling you because if you talk about it, they'll know it came from me. Mm. <laughs> On the pod. Dang it. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Maybe I'll get out of the game and I'll, yeah. I feel like if I got out of the game, people will tell me all the secrets. We'll see. But we'll see. Anyway, let's get to a break. I'm going to get, the, I'm going to get my eyes on that map. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a good one. Shout out to the judge. You know who you are. <laughs> Rumor has it he does listen to the pod. He actually told me he does listen to the podcast. So anyway, we'll get to a break. And when we come back, we'll uh, get into something. I don't know. Question of the week? Coach's comment? I don't know. So we'll do something around here. Gym owners, we're all looking for new ways to grow our gyms, right? Well, you need to check out Next Gen's one-day business builder conference coming up September 9th in Baltimore. At this event, Next Gen will teach you how to hire great staff, build a profitable all-star budget, get boys into your program, and host birthday parties to make your gym money. Learn more and get registered at ngconferences.com. Link in the show notes. We are back. So we're going to move right in to our coach's comment. So this segment, in case you're new, is when I see things floating around on one of my coaches page, one of the many coaches pages I'm a part of and just feel like, you know what? I want to hop in. You know, we did popping with the parents. And so there's a flip side of the token coaches comment, you know, where coach is talking about, you know, where we can hop in and, you know, kind of talk about that. And Kristen, you might have, I'm not sure, but you might be able to help out with this, you know, just with your experience in the world. So this comes from Amber and she wants to know, I'm having issues with coaches, co-coaching teams together. So two coaches, one team, the older coach is quote unquote overpowering and the younger coach feels left out. We've had conversations about this already and the younger coach still feels this way. And I can see why. Younger coach feels like the older coach isn't listening to their input. I don't think the older coach is doing it intentionally. So I'm trying to find out a way where they can work together. This often comes, this comes up um, often a lot in every coaching duo is that there's typically a more experienced coach. There's a younger coach and the more experienced coach is like, I'm not trying to hear from you. <laughs> I'm running that. You know, I've been coaching forever. And you 
just got off the senior team. You know, we're listening to me, right? And so what happens, you know, just that dynamic of experience versus you're just brand new to the sport, right? You're trying to figure it out and, you know, who's going to have, or even if it is two coaches, there's usually like a more, like, like she said, overpowering coach who just doesn't want to listen. So you really, we have to strive to get our coaches on the same page. So one thing I try to implement in our gym is that we don't name actual head coaches. We don't have head coaches. I know lots of gyms have head coaches, but we don't have had head coaches. I just put two coaches on a team, three coaches on a team. Y'all figure it out and, you know, figure it out together. And even when I'm on a team, right, I'm the director and I get it that technically I'm everyone's boss and I have a lot of experience, right? Even in those situations, I try not to well, I try specifically to make sure that our other the whoever coaches with me knows that I value their opinion and that I'm going to listen to their input. And so the one thing I always tell coaches is that it is better for the team and better for your plan if both coaches are executing the same plan. And so let's say I always say, you know, a hundred percent both coaches going a hundred percent on a plan is is better than a perfect plan where just one coach is rowing and the other coach isn't. So let's say we pulled up, let's say me and you, we decide that we're going to get on a tandem bike, a bike made for two. And you and I want to ride to the city. We're going to go catch a, a Broncos game. And we're like, going to ride to the city and we pull up our little Google Maps or whatever. And mine, you know, when I pull it up, it says it's going to take, and if we go this route, it's going to be an hour and 45 minutes. You pull yours up and it says it's going to be two hours. And I'm like, well, very clearly, we we should go my way. It's clear. This is the way to go. It's going to be more efficient. It's going to be quicker. This is the clear way to go. It's obvious, right? But if we both get on that bike and I'm the only one pedaling, that's not good if I'm the only one pedaling. But if I go, you know what? Although my plan is the better plan, your plan will still get us there. It's going to get us there a little bit slower, but it will get us there. If we both are 100% on that slower plan, like that two-hour bike ride, that it's better for both of us to be pedaling in the same direction, going 100% than us doing my perfect plan, but I'm the only one pedaling, right? And so I always think that even when you know that you have the better idea or plan or whatever, I think it's better for that coach to sacrifice to get the buy-in from the other coach so you guys can both attack that plan, you know, with 100% effort because that's always going to be what's better for the team. Now, if it's just the wrong plan, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying you have to go with wrong plans, but if you're like, this this will work, it's just not going to be as efficient, let's go with it. And I'm telling you, I've done it many and many, I you know, I'll probably do it later today where I go, I don't think we should do that, but it'll work. Let's do it because I want our coaches to feel heard. I want them to to, to participate because if you keep shutting down your other coach and not listening to them, eventually they're going to stop giving their ideas to the community. And they're just going to start keeping a broken clock is right twice a day. And so if you keep shutting down your other coach, they're not the eventually they're not going to participate anymore. And then you're going to be doing everything by yourself. Well, he never listens to me anyway. Why would I even speak up? So I, I want our coaches to feel invested. I want them to feel heard. And I want it to be able to feel like we're doing it together as a team, not that it's just the the Jason show. So you know, that's why I would suggest to all the uh, the coach, you know, the head coaches out there. So, Christian, anything you want to speak on with this? 
Well said. That is why you are the director. But also, if you've ever seen Ted Lasso, that's exactly the story behind that show is it's all about core values. And I'm a big values person. And as long as the core values are not being violated, like you said, as long as it gets us to that destination, let's give each other some slack on how we get there. I also think that the more inexperienced coaches tend to be the younger coaches. And if they're anything like I was in my 20s and even my early 30s, you feel like you have something to prove. And you tend to want to do that loudly and with gusto or with style so that you get noticed because everyone wants to be heard. And and if you're climbing a career path and you want to be promoted or you want to be a head coach or you want to coach the world's team, it's easy to want to be seen and known. And I think that the more inexperienced coach should be aware of that, that don't take everything so personally. You don't have anything to prove. Just do the thing right in front of you. But I also think that just as that inexperienced coach has a responsibility to be self-reflective on that, the more experienced coach has a responsibility to remember what it was like when they were a younger, more inexperienced coach and see themselves as more of a mentor and a mentor steps back and asks questions and let the mentee answer. So even if you know the right answer, and even if you know that team is going to do what you decide, there's a way to go about that to let it be everyone's plan and everyone's idea. And that requires restraint and maturity and honestly, a lot of communication and deciding the the path together ahead of time so that you don't get into situations where somebody is overshadowing the other. So that takes relationship, communication, and restraint and responsibility on both coaches' part. Yeah. Dude, spoken like a... You're no longer a a teenager. You are a (laughs) full-blown, wise podcaster. (laughs) Adult podcaster. A full-grown-up podcaster. Thank you. (laughs) Check out the Cheer Mom podcast. Follow her, Cheer Mom blog on Instagram and on TikTok. I will. I did this the other day. I we had our parents. This is a very true story. We had our parents pick our competition schedule. I called in our senior four parents, highest level at our gym, right? And I called, and they've been with us the longest. You know, they've been with us forever, right? And so I I called them in, said, "Hey guys, we're gonna. I would like to hear your opinion on the competition schedule. Where do you guys want to go?" And so we we pulled them in, and I said, like the first thing I said to them was like, "All right, guys, I figured this how it's gonna work. You tell me where you want to go, and I'll tell you." why we can't go I'll tell you why that's a bad idea and you know everyone kind of chuckles like that right but it was about them kind of seeing things from my perspective because we all have like these like grandiose ideas of like we want to do this 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 and I was trying to give them the perspective of like this is why we can't necessarily here's the pros and cons with this event here are the pros and cons with this event and you know they're a part of that process of here's what's going on so I feel like oh I'm not saying I would have picked a perfect competition schedule but if I would have just flat out came out with that competition schedule by myself those same parents might have had questions on like why does this make any sense like why does this competition schedule make any sense but since they're a part of that process they go okay like it makes perfect sense i was there and we dove through the reasons why we're going here and not here and here and not here and here and not here and why this team is doing this and this team is doing that right and so the same thing with our coaches like i want them to have i want them to understand like the process and then the other thing i would challenge 
head coaches to do is let, you know, either you're coaching with a junior coach or what, you know, you'd consider an assistant coach or whatever, but make sure they have time where they can feel they are running the show. And, you know, many times I'll go and I'll just go, and this happened a lot with Josh. Josh is decently new to our staff. This is his third season on staff, I think. This is third season on staff. Oh, I broke the cardinal rule and did not put it on Do Not Disturb. You know why I didn't put it on Do Not Disturb? Because I figured Kristen is well. (laughs) She's an adult podcaster. I don't need to go over all the rules. But when I go over all the rules, it reminds me to put it on Do Not Disturb. Anyway. (laughs) Probably Kristen knows what she's doing. I I, I will go over the rules. Anyway. Oh, no. But Josh, he was the second year in our program last year. And I would literally just go, all right, man, you got practice. I'm going to hang out right here. And you do your thing, right? And what's really cool about that is this year, I've been able to step back a lot on that team. Like we've had two teams that I coach practice at the same time. So now I've been able to step away and coach this this team while he's been able to coach that team. And I have confidence that things are going to get done without me being there. But if we don't give our coaches the opportunity to coach, they're not going to learn how to coach, right? If we just, you know, coaches come to you with monkeys on their back and, you know, every come, everyone comes to you with monkeys. If you take everyone's monkey off their back, pretty soon you're going to be running in a zoo. And so you got to let your coaches learn and grow, make their mistakes the same way we have to have the athletes learn, grow, and make by making their own mistakes. So, so true. Or again, you're going to be doing everything by yourself and you don't want to do that. You're not going to be able, you're not going to be able to learn and grow and do other things if you're always doing everything else. So there you go. Before we go a minute too long, you get you, anything else you want to add on to that? No, you said it well. Try my best. All right, let's get to a, another break and then we'll come back with the sounds like that question of the week. Gym owners, do you find yourself working 100-hour weeks? And then did you know that being underpaid and undervalued is the number one cause for owner burnout? The business coaches at NextGen, some of my good friends, can help you get out of that rut. They, in fact, are gym owners themselves, so they've been in your shoes. The NextGen coaches work alongside gym owners to help them grow their programs and build their profits. So if you want to learn more about how NextGen Next Gen can help you. Book a call at nextgenowners.com. And we are back. So we're going to wrap this show up with the question of the week. Not only the question of the week, the sounds like that question of the week. Guys, if you want fire music, just the best music in the game, you go to soundslikethat.com. Get you some great music. Tell them the Let's Talk to Your Podcast sent you and uh, make it happen. If you have a question that you want on the question, you want answered on the show, link in the show notes, link in the description. You can click on that, click on the little submit question of the week, and uh, we'll try to get to your question and answer it live on the show. So Kristen, aka Cheer Mom Blog, aka Cheer Mom Podcast, aka Super (laughs) Cheer Mom, (laughs) Super Cheer Mom Wannabe. That's me. (laughs) What's the, uh, what, what we got? What's the question? What we got going on today? Yeah. So this question comes from Cameron Jones and it's how do you measure your team's progress from one competition to the next? All right. What were the options and what are the, uh, what are the votes on those? The options are by scores, by your own assessment, or by judges' comments. And scores has 115 votes. Your own assessment has 103 votes. And the judges' comments has 71 votes. (laughs) Get the judges out of here. (laughs) 
talking about? We don't care about no judges. <laughs> judges? <laughs> care about what they say? <laughs> That's just one man or no, woman's opinion. No, all the judges out there. <laughs> it's just somebody's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So real quick, as a parent, what do you, what, how do you, well, I guess you don't really, oh, I guess you have access to scores. So what, what do you, what do you do? That's a loaded question. That's a loaded sentence that you just said. <laughs> That's another popping with the parents is parents yeah. are like, do your coaches share score sheets? Do you know your team scores? And yes, uh, most competitions will have those accessible online. But it's interesting when you told me this was going to be the question of the week. I went, hmm, because I went through 11 years of being a cheer mom and not really knowing anything about the score sheet. And I turned out just fine. I Basically, you know, I would have some <laughs> knowledge because because of my what my daughter would tell me because she was of course really into it but I didn't really like I even as like team rep they got to be with the team from the start to the finish of the process from the the pep talk to going over the score sheet and watching the replay I didn't really pay a lot of attention or didn't understand what I was hearing but I do know from what my daughter would tell me is I think it would depend on if they if they hit zero or if they didn't and so if from one competition to the next it would be okay well if we didn't hit this competition our only goal next competition is to hit and I mean this is a very broad example it really depends on the team and the coaches and athlete all which I'm sure you're going to say all that Jason but let's just say it's from one competition to the next to hit well if they hit at the next mm -hmm. one then the next competition I would I would ask my daughter you know what it was always what do the coaches say like I always want, want some insight like what do the coaches say and they're like well our technique score we looked at our highest technique score and our lowest technique score and the lowest technique score that's what we were going to work on at our mm -hmm. next several practices until the next competition. So maybe that was progress on jumps or tumbling technique where they could improve their score. So I, that doesn't really fit into any of those options, but that's how I know that our coaches would, would tackle it at least at some point points during my daughter's cheer career. There you go. What I found really interesting about not even the question, mm -hmm. but the response to the question was that judges, that the score was, I think score was like score, they used scores that mm -hmm. had 115 votes and then own assessment was behind that with 103. And so I found that a little interesting because the number one complaint in the industry besides the rising cost of competition fees, right? That I feel like that's probably the number one complaint in the industry. But after that, or it's neck and neck between this, is the inconsistency on the scores and score sheets, right? Or, or judges. That's like always the next biggest complaint about the, um, or the biggest complaint in the industry is inconsistency, the score sheet's terrible, and the judges. And so it's funny to me that that the same coaches who complain about the scores being inconsistent and the judging, you know, we need better judges, is that that is the, those same coaches use that as their number one tool to judge if the, if their team is getting better week to week. Me personally, it's 100% own assessment, 100% own assessment. And I'll use the scores here and there. I definitely don't. I don't even read judges' comments half the time. Shout out to any judges. I'm sorry. <laughs> I read them. I, I, I read them. I just don't take them seriously. You know, like, all right, whatever. But, you know, you watch the routine and you go, we are better or we are worse, right? You just watch the routine and, and that's how you figure out if you're better or worse. Now, scores... Fair. Now, if you have one consistent score that keeps killing you, then you know, okay, we need to be more, you know, we up our game right here. But the problem is, the problem why I, I don't trust judges' score, why score is just, a, in my opinion, a bad one to use, is that you have different judges 
every week. If you had the same judges every week, then yeah, you could use their opinion because they see the same routine every week. And they're saying, well, yeah, you're better than last week. And so we're gonna give you more points. You're worse than last week or give you less points or, you know, you didn't really change. You didn't do anything this week. You look exactly the same. Um, That would be a good use of, of using the judges score, the actual score you got. But there's so many, but because the judges change every week and those judges have different opinions and, you know, it's not a perfect art or perfect science, then it doesn't make sense to like the most, the thing that I use the most is right there. And obviously, you know, throughout the season, if we're scoring, um, especially back in the day, we're scoring at eight, seven, I had stunts. And I'm like, Oh, we got eight, seven stunts. And then the next week, we got eight, seven again, and the next week, eight, seven again. I'm like, Oh, it looks like we got to kind of step up our game and, you know, figure out how to get this thing cranked up a little bit more. But in general, I mean, this is a very true story. We had a team, our small senior 14 is back at PCM. They had a stupid score at NCA. They scored like a 98 something. And it is back before everyone was scoring 99s. So they score a 98 something and they get the paid bid at NCA. We win NCA that year and everything is all good. Awesome. Score a 98. We go to Summit that same year and we scored a 94. However, we won the Summit that year too. So we won the Summit with a 94. We won NCA with a 98. And I can tell you right now that team at the Summit was better than that team at NCA. They were just hands down, flat out better. We upgraded so many things in that routine. We, and, you know, it's it's two months later. We're just a better team at that time of the season. But it's a different set of judges who had a different set of, you know, criteria or whatever. You know, I'm not sure what's going on, but it's a different set of judges on a different day, several months down the road. And for whatever reason, those judges thought they were a 94. The 94 was good enough to win. I'm good with that. We are better than everyone else. Mm, yeah. Now, when we compare those two teams, I, I wish I could pull up the two videos. You'll go, oh, yeah, team is clearly better than that one. But, you know, so it's hard to use. So I, I think using the scores is a, especially the overall score. I think the overall score is a very bad way to judge if your team is getting better incrementally. It'd be better to use the individual technique score, especially with the drivers, because they can say your arm placement's off or, or this is off or this is off. And you can use those individual drivers to see, okay, what are the judges seeing? But I think the overall score is a bad. You know, there's this is 100% true. Where we went to Encore, Encore used to be in San Diego, and we go to Encore, and we had been, and this is back when a like 96 was a really, really good score. We had scored 96, I think, at Spirit Sports, and we were like top dog, right? We were like, I think at Spirit Sports, we were like, I think we ended up with like the second highest score of the whole competition. Like Smoed, like two years in a row, we had a 96. Smoed had the highest score one year and then Infinity had the highest score the next year. But so we scored 96 at Spirit Sports and we go to Encore in San Diego, which is the last event of the season before you get to the summit. So I'm really invested in these scores and we score like a 98. And I'm like, I'm trying to be real. I'm like a 98. And I, and I remember all the other teams are scoring like 97s. 90, and like, I'm like, man, all these teams are scoring 97s and then we scored a 98. And I remember talking to someone and I said, yeah, well, it's the last competition of the season. You know, they're trying to make sure the scores are high. That way people end the season on a good note, want to come back next year. And I'm like, ah, I see. Now for me, I'm getting ready for Summit. So I need to have some realistic scores. I wasn't really happy that we scored. I mean, I was happy to score a 98, <laughs> but like I need sure, real scores. Like, what do we really score? Yeah. Like I need to know what we actually scored so I could make, so I could make real critical changes heading into the Summit. But I remember someone telling me that like, I was like, oh, 
So the, the scores had a little bit of juice on them this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I think own assessment, you know, your kids, you know what you teach them. If their ankles are supposed to be together at the bottom of their jump, you, and you know, the things you went over at practice. Yeah. So what, that's what I'm looking for as a coach is, are we doing the things we went over at practice? Like, are we able to put those things together and go, Oh yeah, well, you know, the timing was good. Or if this was off, well, we never worked on that at practice. And just cause some other judge says they look good. Doesn't mean they actually doesn't mean it's perfect, you know? Sometimes you're the pigeon, sometimes you're the statue, and so I just use my own assessment. So, you know, speaking of NCA, dude, Kristen, hot hot news on the streets. <laughs> hot news on the streets. So, I I saw that you had posted, um people are like really touchy. What do you mean? Like what what are people saying to you? True story. When I was a kid, my sister would practice her back handsprings down the hill on the side of our yard. Back then, buying mats from Tumble Track was not an option. But now you can step your tumbling game up with a folding incline mat by Tumble Track. Start perfecting those rolls, kickovers, handsprings, and tucks with these cheese wedges that come in three different sizes and three bold colors. Get ready to flip, twist, and tumble like never before with the safety of an incline mat by Tumble Track. Link in the description. I once wrote a blog called Your Daughter Won't Fly Forever, but with FlyRight, she might fly a little bit longer. There's more pressure on flyers than any other position out there. Help your athlete fly right. Fly Right by TumbleTrack is the personal stunt stand that helps cheerleaders fine-tune their skills and perfect their body control. Made with heavy steel construction, it's easy to store away when not in use so your athlete can train anytime, anywhere. Give the gift of flying a little bit longer with Fly Right by TumbleTrack. Link in the show notes. Um, People are like really touchy. What do you mean? Like what, what are people saying to you? It depends on who you ask. <laughs> It's so funny. I posted a clip from one of my podcast episodes that I did like news updates in the cheer world and NCA was one of them. And the question is, is NCA going to move from Dallas? Are they looking for a new home? And recently, just in the last four to six weeks, the event company that runs NCA. I didn't realize it's not varsity. They partner with like a, a whole event company. They put out on LinkedIn where not a lot of cheer people are hanging out. <laughs> they put, and I think this was strategy uh, combined with it was, it's a business thing, but they put out on LinkedIn that varsity is looking for a new home for NCA high school and NCA all-star and cities can put their bids in and et cetera, et cetera, which really makes it official that NCA is looking and and so I was like, well, what does this mean? Where could it go? And people were popping off with like, well, we all know that Kay Bailey, Bailey Hutchinson is going under construction. It's this is this is not news. It's going under construction. Well, yeah, it's going under construction. But last we all heard via a tweet from either Varsity or Justin Carrier saying, hey, like NCA isn't going anywhere because of the construction. That's not news. But the fact that they put it out there for cities to put their bids in to bring this competition away from Dallas is news. And mm -hmm. people were like well we all know this and it's going to construction know. and this is this is not relevant and i'm like wow <laughs> seems seems relevant to me i i think it's yeah it seems 
interesting to me. So they're looking, you know, who knows? Maybe their contract's up. Maybe the construction is going longer than they anticipated. Maybe Dallas doesn't want the competition there anymore. Maybe, who knows? But they're looking. Yeah. And that's a real, you know, I saw the LinkedIn post. It said, hey, who's look, who's trying to get us? You know, so maybe that's a little bargaining chip or not. But, you know, they're trying to put some pressure on, you know, Dallas to do something or whoever. But. (laughs) You know, that was a real post that I saw with my own two eyes. So I I don't know. It's like when I think about it, I think I feel like it's I feel like it has to be Vegas, maybe quite possibly California, Anaheim. But it's hard for me. You know, people want to go to a destination. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. You know, I want to, you know, I want to crap on anyone's state or city. But, you know, I'm not sure if everyone wants to flock into the Midwest, you know, and just go, oh, we're going to Kansas City, you know. Um, but Columbus, uh, Ohio. Yeah, I apologize Ohio, to you guys, but right? Columbus, Ohio was a tough pill to swallow when we were going yeah. to COA. It was like, ooh, the nationwide building. Like, ooh, Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think if it goes so anywhere. So people want to go to a destination. Yeah. yeah. It has to go out west because – we can't, guys, we cannot go back to Orlando. Please don't make us go back to Orlando. Yeah, right? <laughs> Orlando's on lock. They got that. And it's, you know, I don't know. Again, people want to go to a destination. So I could see Nashville, but even Nashville is like really hard. Like where, you know, we did it, uh, the Gaylord, where they have one up. Great event. I'm not sure if there's enough. They even hold, that has really it. trouble. Yeah, they can't hold anyone. I don't say hold anyone, but, you know, our family, even that 700 teams, it's really hard for them to keep up with, with the 700 teams that go. And NCA is double that, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I'm not sure, and I'm not sure Anaheim Convention Center would work, even though they would have the hotels, but the I guess they could have the stages. They could have the stages. I'm not sure about where the world's team because the Anaheim, right? It's kind of, Anaheim Convention Center is kind of set up like Dallas mm-hmm. Convention Center, but the arena where they have the arena in Anaheim doesn't seat nearly as many people as the arena in Dallas. So, but it has the other stage. So they could have enough room there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Vegas is the only thing I feel like. No, none of us could, do. I don't it's know. just fun I don't to know talk what the about. I'm talking about, you know, don't like Jason said this, but you know, it is fun to talk about. But I want to take, you know, people cutting clips here. Jason, he thinks they can fit here. I don't know, guys. I'm just making stuff up. I'm just trying to fill out the hour. <laughs> <laughs> it's trash time on the podcast. I'm trying to fill it out. <laughs> so we, where, where are we going? We going to Denver? No. I even said that in the podcast. I was like, unfortunately, (laughs) I can't come to Denver because we ain't got the – we can't do it. (laughs) My high stadium, baby. Oh, my gosh. It would be so cold. It would be so cold. (laughs) Even our convention center, like there's just not enough infrastructure to support that many people. Uh, It's not coming to Denver. It has to be at one of the top five or ten convention centers, and Denver doesn't even register. (laughs) Anaheim does. Yeah. Vegas does. Atlanta does, but they already have cheer sports, so they're not going to go there. So I think if if it moves out of Dallas, it's got to go west. There you go. Love it. Love it. Come out here first. Beautiful. Yeah. Heard it here first. (laughs) Our friend. Cheer boy mom, Chris. Oh, Chris Comfort had uh, she had posted something mm-hmm. a while ago about like the top conventions, like which ones had the biggest, mm-hmm. like most room. I don't think it had anything to do with this thing that we're talking about yeah. right now. I think oh, it was about cheer sport. It was when cheer sport happened, and people were talking about people moving cheer sport. And she's like, well, these are the only things that could fit cheer sport. Like you know, the CNN is it called CNN? What's it called? World Congress Center in Atlanta. Yeah, okay. they have oh, CNN's across the street. Ooh. We got shirts one year. <laughs> 
here are CNN PCM CNN shirts. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. I can't remember where that ranked, but she's like, these are the only places we could move it to Chicago, maybe, and, oh, and some Chicago. other places. So, hey, um, Chris, if you're listening, feel free to let yeah. us know where yeah, we can move on, uh, Dallas. The, do your do investigative work, research. We'll let the people know. <laughs> We're just lazy podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what Chris <laughs> said. Yeah, <laughs> I saw this floating around the internet. Nope, I did not vet it. I did not source it. (laughs) Who knows what they're talking about? (laughs) Man. Oh, man. Um, Kristen, you've been great. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. Um, Do you care if I tell one more story? Of course not. It's your podcast. I ain't got nowhere to be. This is a very true story. We had a choreographer. I'm not going to name his name. He's still in the game. A choreographer. This choreographer also hosted events, right? So he has an event. He's also a choreographer. He did our choreography and we went to his event. He does our dance, right? He does our dance or whatever. He's like, oh, this dance is hot, popping, blah, 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 right? We go to his event. He gives us an 8-7 in dance. And I'm like, yeah, I see him after the competition. I'm like, yo, what's up with this score, man? He's like, yeah, I need more movement. Like, you're the choreographer. Oh so that's why you don't trust the scores. <laughs> don't trust the scores. Don't trust the judges. Because he's just like, nah, that, that wasn't it. So um, Critiquing his work. <laughs> wasn't it. Wasn't my this best is work. Why, oh, this is why I insert the, like, I hate cheerleading. <laughs> into certain conversations it's like yeah, you just right. like throw it up in the air like nothing matters <laughs> yeah not my best work guys uh, <laughs> i give myself an eight seven right so anyway All right. that's funny come on john come on man thought we were friends so anyway i just made up yeah. john i don't know yeah, you know, he has a very distinct name. So if I said his name, it'd be like, oh, <laughs> like there won't be any confusion. Yeah, you made up. Yeah, like that could be anybody. Yeah, this guy, you like, oh, there's only there's only one of those. <laughs> I had a great time. Glad I got my laughter out in the morning, you know, start the day off, yeah. you know, laughing. Serotonin boost. Ready to go. Yeah, let's go. So anyway, Kristen, tell the people, I've already said it several times, but if there's anything you want to, you know, how can the people reach you, follow you online, or if there's anything else, like any, I don't know, any t-shirts or anything you got coming out? bracelets mm. anything you want to talk about right now you know tell the people how they can follow you and your journey and or you know listen to the podcast read the blog or you know you know what to do <laughs> yeah thank you you can find me at the cheermomblog.com the cheermom blog on social media i got into threads recently so i've been you know just stream of consciousness on threads and yeah we've got the cheermom podcast and the cheer collection which is amazing cheer jewelry that's very top notch and you should check it out there we go there we go love it Kristen. you're welcome back anytime and maybe maybe you'll see me on her show soon enough we'll see that's how, hey that's how you shoot your shot boys here we go Kristen. <laughs> you've been real <laughs> hey let's talk cheer podcast listeners although this episode has come to an end there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you want to hear the stories of the best athletes in the industry doing it at the highest level and their perspective on how to change the narrative of the sport, then the Spill the Cheer podcast with Tony G is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And I'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out. 
on anything from the show.